You're about to listen to a message from the LifePoint Church, a warm and friendly home for the young at heart. Heavenly Father, we worship you this morning. We ask that you will do that which you want to do in our midst today. We thank you, Heavenly Father. We declare that no one else deserves our worship. We pledge our hearts to you again. And we say, Holy Spirit, take charge as we share your word. God's people shout a big amen. 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 Let's put our hands together and let's celebrate Jesus. Please take your seat. Hallelujah. Amen. Um, Very quickly, I'll lead a discussion talking about growing in love. Um, Talking about growing in love. I'd like us to read out of Philippians 1, 9 to 11. And after that, I'll read out of 1 Thessalonians 3 and verse 12. Philippians 1, 9 to 11. Sometimes it's good to bring your Bible to church. I know you have it on your phone, but just sometimes so that it's not dusty somewhere. Just bring it to church. Just vex and just bring it to church, okay? Um, this is the last discussion we're having in this series uh, this month. Uh, from next uh, week, we start a discussion um, about spiritual warfare. Um, and someone say, hey, yes. This love, love, something we're talking about. Let's talk we Christianity, spiritual warfare. Uh, we started a discussion on spiritual warfare. Um, it's it's a it's an interesting season. I was praying briefly with the leaders this morning and saying to them how I sense that God wants someone to graduate, uh, and I don't know what that means to you. I get a sense of what it means to us as a congregation. But God wants someone to graduate. And um, we were praying out of 1 Thessalonians 3.10 where Paul says, I was hoping, we've been praying day and night to come to you, uh, you know, that we might have an opportunity to supply that which is lacking in your faith. And we were saying, I was saying to them how I sense and we could continue in prayer that we are praying for what is lacking in the faith or what is lacking to be supplied so that someone can graduate. I don't know what it is and who it is. And we said, for some people, it's a graduation. It's actually academic graduation. For some people, it's a graduation in terms of your career. For some of us, it's a graduation in terms of just your, the works of your hands, your business. For someone, it's your graduation financially. For someone, it's a graduation in terms of your relationships, from being single to being married, whatever it is. And so, um, when we approach, to, so, so Matthew will talk about spiritual warfare, and it's not just a defensive mode, like when we think of spiritual warfare, we always think, oh, just a defense from spiritual attacks. But it's a lot bigger than that. It's also about you taking new territories, and I would ask that um, we try and be around, and even on the, even on the Thursdays, we would, we would deal with that, and so many thurs- some Thursdays we'll pray a lot more than we normally do. But I trust God that um, but we will not be the same again, okay? All right, so Philippians chapter 1, verse 9 to 11. I do hope that all these messages about love have somewhat moved you along the path of being a bit more loving. Can we ask your neighbor, are you a love, what's the word, lovelier person, is that the word? <laughs> no, tell, are, you, are you in love now? Help me ask them, are you in love now? No, are you a, no, seriously, it's not because all this, all this word cannot be wasted. Let me just ask the person next to you, Alpha, what's happened? Are you responding? Chief, 
you are wearing red, so I know that you are, you are in love. I know that is the color. Okay? But the word has to bear fruit in our lives. So today we speak about growing in love. So in Philippians 1, 9 to 11, in the NKJV, he says, And this I pray, that your love may abound still more and more in knowledge and all discernment, that you may approve the things that are excellent, that you may be sincere and without offense till the day of Christ. Um, one translation says that your love may abound in knowledge and depth of insight. Um, the message translation says, so this is my prayer, that your love will flourish and that you will not only love much, but well. Learn to love appropriately. You need to use your head and test your feelings so that your love is sincere and intelligent, not sentimental gush. Live a lover's life, circumspect and exemplary, a life Jesus will be proud of, bountiful in fruits from the soul, making Jesus Christ attractive to all, getting everyone involved in the glory and praise of God. I like the phrase, live a lover's life. Let me tell your neighbor, live a lover's life. Warn them sternly, live a lover's life. And if your neighbor is not talking to you, it's a good time to just do like you're going to the bathroom, get another seat, because you, you can't really just enjoy the service like that. You're just ignoring, just, it's not by force, okay? <laughs> All right. Um, in First Thessalonians 3, 12, Paul praying for the church and says, and may the Lord make you increase and abound in love to one another and to all, just as we do for you. Make you increase and abound in love. So he speaks about the ability to abound in love. The ability to abound in love. The ability for our love to grow. So love is in nature. And we must all groom that nature. So like, like little children, when babies are born, all of us here, at one, there was a day when, you know, somewhere, different parts of the world, you were received onto the earth. And I, I suspect that very few of you showed up on the earth as babies 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago. I lie. Nobody's 50 here. <laughs> but none of you showed up with your current hairstyle. You definitely didn't have that wig on when you were born. I know you, even the eyelashes, I know you'd like to let us know they're yours and that you came out of the womb like that, but we know your nails were not painted like this. You didn't even have the accent you have now. <laughs> no, but seriously speaking, you didn't have it. This fancy Filipino accent that you have, you, don't, you didn't have it when you were born. In fact, you couldn't say anything. Just to make sure that you were alive, depending on where you were born, they either shook you or slapped you or something. If you were born in a sophisticated hospital, they just tapped you. A real aggressive hospital shook you. You, know, and you, you cried. And like, but you didn't even have vocabulary. You didn't, if, if you see a baby born day one, it comes out of the womb, hello mom. <laughs> you call the pastor and the deliverance team immediately. <laughs> yeah? And so like little children who then learn life. So when a child is born, they have all the nature of a human being. They are not any less human 
than an adult, right? But they can't speak. They can't walk. They can't feed. They can't help others. They can't do all the things that we can do now. And so when you think about yourself and how you've grown physically to exhibit love or the nature of a human being, it is the same way when you get born again that you receive the nature of God and the capacity to love. However, um, not all of us develop that nature. You know, if you take a child and you don't teach them how to speak, they may not be able to speak, true or false. In fact, not all of us have expanded our vocabulary. And even some of us, like Bamboo can speak, I don't know, is it Spanish? I cannot speak Spanish. Some of us can speak French. Some of us can speak other languages because you trained yourself to speak those languages. Some of us have, can all speak English, but some of you, your English is bigger than ours. Right? If you hear Tolu, Shina will speak English sometimes. Uh, you know that it's not the same English we're all speaking. <laughs> you, sometimes you just be speaking to us, leaders, say something, something, something. Nebulous. The <laughs> rest of us just, mm, mm. <laughs> You know? Yeah, sometimes, you know, the word that we use, it's like, you want to conceptualize it. You know, like, ah, hey. But it's the same way that you can sometimes live your love nature in an infant state. So let me ask your neighbor, are you a learner? <laughs> Because you've been born again for a couple of years, but how developed is your love nature? So love is not the natural state of, a, of what we call the sinful man. Love is not the natural. It's not even from a young age. You see children, share, share. Ah, to me, share with your brother. No, I'm not. It's my biscuit. I'm keeping it. They gave it to me. I brought it from heaven. From a young age, children begin to show you that, no, this is me. In fact, you've not seen children before just stand up and walk somewhere and slap, bams. And you're wondering, where, where, where is this coming from? Okay? In, in fact, you know, this is important to know that. So there's a, an, a, a, a manifestation that needs to... You know that the language you learn first matters? The language you learn first matters. Now, I'm not going to throw shade, so I'm going to use my own language. I'm, I'm from Benin. My parents are both Benin people. Okay? If you learn Benin, Benin is separate from Benin. B-I-N-I. Okay? okay? And if you learn Benin first, there's a tendency that when you speak English, there's a that comes out as you speak. And you guys live in Lagos, so you don't. If I see a Benin person, it's like, Ah, how's teens? You know, you hear it, it comes out. <laughs> the teens are things are hard in this country. You just know oh, it's on my side. And the reason, the reason why, the reason why I could you know, I could go where you are, I could come to your tribe, but it's okay. I'm just gonna be behaved. Because <laughs> I know you guys are more than us, okay? Um, and the reason why is because the language that language sets a, a base first. And every other language that you then try to learn, even your French then comes out as sheaves. The sheaves, the sheaves are, you know, you hear all those peculiar, they call it mother tongue, mother tongue interference. 
And it's often the case so that even when we are born again, have received the capacity to love from God, that as we try to exhibit it and grow, and oftentimes the human sinful nature, what scripture refers to constantly as the flesh, tries to hold it down. I don't, have you you've been born again for a while, just had morning devotion, driving to work, you're just singing, follow up his new song, you know, singing the song, oh, it's a blessed song, wonderful, what a beautiful message. Oh, you're speaking in tongues. The one downfall guy just tries to scratch your new car. <laughs> you know, sometimes, I know it doesn't happen to you, you're spiritual, but sometimes you just say things like, you know, when you finish saying, like, then you, you start repenting immediately. Because, you know, <laughs> and what happens is that your, your spirit nature, your new nature is trying to come out. But there's a, there are certain things in the flesh. And so, the mind of Christ, you know, uh, and the mind of Christ is love and sacrifice. So Paul says, let this mind be in you, that was also in Christ Jesus, in Philippians. But he begins to explain it, and that mind um, is, is love. So, so, I'm just trying to put a background to this whole growing in love thing. So love is a mindset that must become a mindset for the believer. It must become a way of thinking for the believer. It must become the... So we must sidestep all the constraints of our training and our temperament. You know, we've said before that your temperament can be an explanation for how you behave, but it's not an excuse for how you behave. So we must better in love. We must grow in love. Our love must abound. We must give expression. Uh, why is it important to grow in love? Why is it important? Because someone says, ah, no, I'm trying. I'm, I'm fine. I'm, I'm okay the way I am. I assure you, on behalf of the other people around you, you are not. We love you the way you are, but we believe that you can be better. Help me very nicely tell the person next to you, you need to grow in love. Okay, look at the other person and tell them, your love work is not enough at all, at all, at all. <laughs> oh God, tell him now. I, I, don't be afraid. Tell him. <laughs> if I fail me, tell my wife, your love work is not enough. <laughs> okay? Um, so, there are things that you will achieve in life and there are heights that you will get to in life that actually depend on your ability to come from a place of love. When people invent things, it's not always that they are thinking of just themselves. In fact, the, the greatest inventions come out of people who are thinking of benefiting a whole generation. In fact, uh, it's, it's, it's often noticed that the process of our creativity is inspired as we think more broadly of that which helps more people. When God created the world, he wasn't thinking of staying there. He knew he wasn't leaving it. He created all these wonderful things we see for us. Um, I remember visiting Silicon Valley once, and one thing that struck me was the fact that the model for wealth that they, that they follow is one where the focus is not just on how will I make money from this. The focus is on how will I add value? How will I create? So oftentimes you find out that some of the most valuable things on the earth and companies on the earth today do not even yet have commercial income yet. 
but they have wealth created because they have operated in love. You know, sometimes when we use things in this world, we just think, ah, it's always been like this. It's not always been like, you, can, you know, now this is just WhatsApp, just send messages up and down. It's not always been like this. In fact, there was a time when to communicate with, one, what, with somebody else was a big chore. Someone actually then went all the way. So, so destiny fulfillment, even career advancement, your ability to show love is tied to those things. So I just want to talk very practically about you know, a couple of things that I think are important when it comes to growing love, things you need to be mindful of. Um, so the ability to grow love is a reflection of how invested we are in the spirit. This is what I mean. So we speak about the fruits of the spirit. As we increase the influence of God in and over our lives, we increase our capacity for love. Um, Romans 5, 5 says the love of God is shared abroad in our hearts. Galatians 5 speaks about the fruit of the Spirit. is love, joy, peace. So when Jesus in John 15 is speaking about you bearing fruit, he says, look, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and my word abide in him. He says he will bear much fruit. He says without me you can do nothing. And so the more you increase your interaction, the influence of God upon your spirit and your life, the more you position yourself to exhibit love. Because what happens is you begin to behold what manner of love the Father has given unto us. Because for a number of us, when we think about God's love, we still think about it as the love that they sing about on radio. The um, I love you, all night long love. That's not love. I, I make bold to say it. I'm married 13 years, Abby, this year. Abby? Talk now. <laughs> 13 years this year. That's not, that's not love. It's, love is not all night long. That's, that's physical exercise. <laughs> it is focus, focus. <laughs> but sometimes when we think about love, that's what we're thinking. And, and it's about that you responding to God, perceiving, oh my goodness, this is how audacious the love of God is. It, in, it inspires you to heights and depths of love that has nothing to do with the human definitions of love. So, A, first things first, love is of the Spirit, is a fruit of the Spirit. So it's a beautiful time to be invested in God. In fact, I put a note to say, look, you need to consciously reprogram your hearts by spirit-led prayer, by study of the word. Because what happens when a child is born, how educate the child. That's why you send, we, we go to school. So you learn things. So there's a language and a behavior of love. And the Holy Spirit trains us so that we can grow. So that, that's very important. Secondly is the fact that you, the, the way I describe this, so I play this game with my daughter, um, as I try to teach her 
responsibility. Sometimes when I have to go to the laundry and I'm filling up the laundry bag, I would say to her, oh, this is a bunch of clothes. Put them into the laundry bag. And almost without fail, after she's put in half of the clothes, she says to me, ah, but there's no space in the bag anymore. And we go through this thing where we say, look, you can just push the things down. It's clothes, you know, and you push the things down. And but I find that for, you know, for, for us as human beings, our capacity to love, the same place where we draw, where we store, almost like a storage tank for love, is the same place where you can keep things like bitterness and malice and pain. So when in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 31, Apostle Paul says, let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. One of the things he's saying is make room in your heart for love. It's not, you don't have a separate vessel for love and a separate vessel to hate. In fact, you know, it's difficult to reconcile with the, with the Christian nature the statement, I hate so and so person. And I know that there's real situations that could result in you hating someone. I know. Some, some situations are not real. They're not useful. They're, I mean, say, he's uh, a, a man you fan. They beat us. That, that, that doesn't really go anywhere in life, to be honest. People have lost. People fight. There are people who don't, who don't talk to themselves because he says, that's an man you. Okay. <laughs> Even the players talk to themselves. <laughs> some of us have more genuine ones. It's PDP, I'm APC. So some of us, you know, we've, we've found division. So you found a reason. But the challenge is that you, there are certain things you cannot carry in your heart. Let me tell your, the person who is fortunate to sit beside you today. Tell them you don't have space for bitterness in your heart. So. That where you're going is far. Let me tell the other person, you have no space for malice. <laughs> your, your destiny is too great for this. <laughs> and it's interesting, you know, because some of us are professional malice keepers. You, if it was an Olympic sport, you could represent Nigeria. You could, if, you, if it was a sport, like a relay. You didn't even need other partners. You can run the whole thing by yourself. And your range is that you don't even need much. The challenge with that is you stunt the space that the you know, Bible says the love of God is shared abroad in our hearts. You occupy it. So, you've, so yes, they hurt you. But the challenge is that you are then hurting yourself by refusing to let go. And so for some of us, it's not like God is not pouring stuff in. It's that there's no space. I can't remember who it was. It was Pastor Godman who was talking recently and talked about how some people have grudges you know, with people that have even died. The person has left. They have left this stage. They've gone. They are facing their eternal destiny. You are still beefing them. 
For some of you, you have you're holding something against somebody who doesn't even know. If the person even knows, it's good. But the person doesn't even know. So I'm giving him the silent treatment. The person doesn't even know. He just thinks that everything is fine. May I say that as Christians, that I don't believe, I don't believe, the Bible says to make peace with all men as long as within your power, but there should be anybody on the earth who you can see and walk past without acknowledging that they exist. And this is not the one that I didn't see you. It's the intentional, what do we call it, blanking. And you, you know, just look at me straight. I know it's, you know, you know, just, it's not you I'm talking about. But because what it is is that you are blocking up the place in your heart where the love of God should be shared. I know he didn't buy you flowers on Valentine's Day, but let him go. I know he left you and went after Falake, your best friend, and they had the F1 tree to not invite you for the wedding. <laughs> really bad. Let me tell a lady next to you, let him go. <laughs> your destiny is bigger than that guy. Oh, oh no, 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 but it's easy. You know, it's easy. I, I had a discussion with a, friend, a dear friend of mine recently who's still annoyed with somebody from secondary school. Uh, 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 we all do it. <laughs> he took your HB pencil. The only HB one you had. And, and then, but let it go. Because again and again, in 1 Peter 2 and verse 2, the Bible says, Therefore laying aside all malice, in fact, one day, if you have time, just go through scripture and find how many times the scripture refers to lay aside, put away, lay aside, malice. And I, so it didn't start today. It wasn't social media that invented it. Social media just gave you an anonymous, amplified platform to spew hate if you so desire. But laying aside all malice, all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and all evil speaking, verse 2 of chapter 2 of 1 Peter, he says, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. And I like how it flows from that because it's saying, look, you need to grow but hey, you need to have let go of certain things. Very important. Um, I say we need to, you know, growing in love, we need to make and act out bold plans in love. And there's a phrase that scripture uses continually called the labor of love. In Hebrews, it will say, God will not forget your labor of love. In 1 Thessalonians 3, 1, Apostle Paul says, We remember before our God and Father your work produced by faith, your labor prompted by love, and your endurance inspired by hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. So I say, look, where are you laboring? Where am I laboring in love? Where is it that I am investing in love? And you and I know that agape love, the love that we are, because what that does is essentially an exercise of our love muscles. I was telling someone uh, that, look, our earthly families are like, the gyms where God sends us to to develop and tone our love muscles. 
That's where it starts you from. Dude, don't you find how easy it is to love people who are not family members sometimes? Most of us have the one sibling or cousin who you believe was not chosen into your family lineage by God. You believe that it was the enemy that has done this. <laughs> In fact, you may be the one who they believe that of. But what happens is there's nobody who can annoy you like your family people. Because there's, they don't understand protocol or space. You know, they don't, there's certain things your family people can do to you that, and you know the kind of, there's a way I cannot annoy family because I know that ah, wait, wait, there's a limit. But with family, like, it's my brother. I can tell him, what do, you, what do you mean? What do you mean? And so God puts us in the perfect families to build our love muscles. In fact, as I was preparing for this, it did occur to me that some of the most urgent love emergencies and, and love projects that some Christians have to deal with are right within their nuclear families. So love takes risks. Love invests. Love labors. We spoke earlier about that life-changing power of a life that is committed to service. When God gave his greatest expression of love to mankind, he wasn't sure that, we were not even born. So he wasn't sure that we would, how we would respond. He could have said, I gave Jesus to die for all of you. I love you so much. And then we'll just say, ah, what is it? We don't want. And people still reject that gift on a daily basis. So love doesn't necessarily say, I would only labor in love when I'm sure it will be accepted. Love acts in faith. So what is your big love project? I've been saying this for months now. What is your love project? What are you labor Where are you laboring in love? Love acts in faith. Apostle Paul will say that now know no man after the flesh. It means when I look at you, I don't just see you as very flashy, trendy, nice haircuts, keyboards with headphones or earphones around your neck like a stethoscope. I don't just see all that. No. I see you as blood bots. So this, your red, is like the color of the blood. So I, I see, you know, I see you as someone who God loved so much that he would give everything for. I see you as somebody who God respects enough to commune with. The guy's just wondering, why me? What did I do? <laughs> but is that you see people regardless of social status. So when you see the guy at the gates, when you see the bus conductor, it's not that they're not wearing Louis Vuitton. Or, no, it's you see them the way God sees them. And so how do you build your love muscles? You, How do you grow in love? In fact, I was explaining to Tolu the other day. I said, the way this has come to me over this period is that scripture where, you know, God, Jesus says to his disciples, when they set you before the Sanhedrin and all that, do not worry what you would say. He says, just open your mouth and I would feel it. And I said, the way I've come to understand growing in love is that in faith that Christians begin to stretch. You're not trying to perform a walk or do something in the flesh. But that prompted by the Spirit, you begin to say, look, 
I'm carrying the very nature of God, the very power of God, and you begin to spread forth the love of God in faith. And what happens is that you begin to find divine capacity. You begin to find divine capacity. So I've said the fruit of the Spirit is about how you're invested in the Spirit, how you deliberately reprogram your mind and your heart with God's Word and Spirit-led prayer. Talked about the fact that you have to rid yourself of malice and that which blocks the expression of God's love in our hearts. Talked about the fact that there's love projects. There's, there's, there are big plans. Look, you're, I've said it over and over and over again that you're, you are too small to be the object of your life. You are too small. You are, you are big. You are really a great person. But your life, you yourself, you are, you are too, your life is too invested to be the object of why you are alive. You are bigger than just a wedding date. You are bigger than just a Range Rover. You are bigger than a house in Banana Island. Those things will come in due season, but that is not, that is, you are much bigger than that. So he would say to Abraham, through you, nations will be blessed. I've been saying to them, I said, we're going to Abuja. It is just focus. Finish the message on time. Finish. But I, I, I just sense so much that God wants to do with us. I want to say us, I mean young people in this generation. I just sense so much. Last thing I'd like to say about this, about growing in love. It's about the importance of staying in the company of people I call God lovers and just loving people in general. So in Jude chapter 21, Apostle Paul says, keep yourself in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus unto eternal life. Proverbs 27, 17 says, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. Look, it is amazing the places you will go in life just because of the people you are with. It is amazing. You, you, you don't know how important. And I, Look, eh, when we're doing NYC, there's this long match. I don't know what they call it, the endurance trek or something. Yeah? You didn't do NYC. You skipped it. All, all, all of you didn't do it. You were in Lagos. Yeah, for me, you didn't do NYC. But we that went to do NYC. Okay? Uh, there's this long trek. Is it really long trek, oh? It's not. And I remember doing that trek that day, and I remember saying, if I was the only one that did this trek, I wouldn't have done it. But just the company, we're all singing, you know, and joking along, one kilometer, two kilometers, three kilometers. I know of things in my life that I have done just because everybody was doing it. And people say, oh, yes, you need to be in the place of personal conviction, and that is very important. But you must be in the company of people who you can see exhibiting love in measures that you... So that when... And I, for example, as a guy, five of you go out with your wives or your girlfriends. If you see all the other four guys go, they open door for their girlfriend. Something will correct in your heart. <laughs> you say, even if they didn't train me like this, let me just try. One day to become a habit. Who are the people that are closest to you? I remember I've said, look, your closest friends are not necessarily your best friends. The fact that someone has access to you doesn't necessarily mean they are best for you. 
So, so surround yourself with people who will inspire you to love, who will provoke you, as Scripture says, to good works. People who will tell you how they've been. When you hear, you don't want to hear your friend say, ah, God just blessed me the other day. They gave me a bonus in the office, 10 million naira, and they just said, ah, there's this guy I've seen. He's not been going to school. I just took 1 million, and I wrote a check. You're the kind of thing that you will just nod, and when you go home, you start to think about your life. And then when you get your own breakthrough, you know how you go about it. About that same point, we say, look, be careful not to settle for the standards and regulations of your environment, especially when you stay in a world that is not regulated by love. I um, was in Abuja this week, and I remember I was with some other guy who goes to Elevation Church, and some lady who's not Nigerian walked into the lift. She was just happy, just showing us pictures that she took. In our minds, we're wondering, why are you showing us pictures? <laughs> we don't know you. <laughs> and then, you know, she's just, ah, picture, I take it. No, we're, just, we're polite. And she came down and said, hmm, these people are too happy. But you see, certain societies have been able to model love into the way they behave. Right? And so what happens is that because you respond to the environment that you're in. And sometimes we've created very harsh environments for ourselves. The fact that we live in a city where it is okay not to know who lives next door. Not only don't you know, you don't care. In fact, you are happy, you are proud. I, I've lived there 10 years, I don't know my neighbor. <laughs> God is watching you. <laughs> so the environment cannot be the standard so that ability to say, put yourself in a place. What is why they say, come to church. When you come to church, there are people with good hearts. Our Folusha, who is talking during my message, all those people, you can't, there are people with good hearts who come to church and inspire you. I said, very careful about sustained exposure to strife, abuse, and wickedness. Be, be very deliberate that you would not condone strife, abuse, and wickedness. If you have a friend that's torturing animals, I'm just using that as an example, don't sit there and be watching and take and videoing it. Because the spirit that's at work in that person, I am not joking, will find expression sooner or later. Because the person who can just take a harmless dog and just be kicking it around for fun, and you're all laughing, I use that as a very extreme example, but do not stay in a relationship that is reinforcing hatred to you. Don't stay. You can't say, ah, but you know his, his father, his father is about to run for president. If his father becomes president, I will become the, I, mean, I might become the first daughter-in-law of the country, and I see that in my vision. So even though he's slapping me now, I should just take it. Iron sharpens iron. Iron sharpens iron. So Apostle Paul moves from a place where he's a hater of the church and Christians. He's supervising the killing of Christians. He's saying, 
give me letters. Let me, let me go to Shogbo and all the other places. I want to find these Christians and kill them. He experiences God and moves to a place where God uses him mightfully. God uses him greatly. He's writing letters. He's binding the church together. He's crossing over to the Gentiles and bringing the gospel to them. He's talking to the people who are on the ship with him. They're taking him to prison and saying, don't worry. I've had a vision from God. Nobody will die. Your, your, your Christian life, when this is all done, is going to be assessed hugely on love. So Paul says, prophecy is fantastic, but love is really important. My prayer is that as the next couple of months go, without someone walking to you, but people will notice, without someone, it's not a physical mechanical thing, but that by the help of the Holy Spirit, you will actually begin to, it's the prayer I pray for myself. I know you think I'm a very, I'm just a perfect guy. I'm not perfect though. People that live with me know that I'm not perfect yet. But they are not perfect too. So we're all, <laughs> we're all going together. It's the prayer I pray for myself that I would have love as a mindset. That when I think of people, that I think of them as God does. That when I relate with people, I relate with them from a place of love. That if I am at a degrade now in terms of love, that when I appraise myself, the scripture speaks about self-appraisal, that I would be at a C or a B or an A. I, I want to be able to take the love that God has shown me and take that love without distorting it, without minimizing it, without translating it to the standards of my environment, I want to be able to give that same kind of love to my generation, to my friends, to church people, to my family, everyone. Um, I think that is one of the biggest purposes of life. We're very big on what is the purpose of life, what is the will of God. The will of God is love. The will of God is love. One day we'll discuss this whole mystery of the will of God because God is not a bad father that hides his will away from his children. So he said, do you know the will of God? He said, I don't know it. I don't know it. God's will. The will is very powerful. It's hidden in the clouds. He will show us one of them. That's a wicked father. God doesn't do that. So if you are, not, if you are looking for the will of God, it's not missing. I assure you, we'll discuss that later. The will of God is love. Let me ask your partner for the day. Tell him, will you love me? Femi, don't be asking my wife like that. Don't look into her eyes. <laughs> That's kind of spiritual way. What's all that? Okay, say, so will you love us? Let me ask. They didn't hear you. Some of you are shy. Ask them properly, will you love us? Ah, <sighs> Holy Spirit. Let's pray this morning that God will increase our love 
first scripture we read says that our love will abound in knowledge and depth of insight. That God will cause us to move from one level of love to another. That God will astonish our world by the kind of love that will be expressed in our lives. That it doesn't matter where we have been, what labels have been put upon us, what mistakes we have made. And by the help of the Holy Spirit who sheds the love of God abroad in our hearts, that extraordinary love will be expressed in our lives. Let us pray. Let us pray. Let us pray that we will be vessels indeed. Let us pray that we will not shut down God's love. We will not cause it to disappear. Let us pray that indeed we are the salt of the earth and the light of the world. Let us pray that even our families and in the places where it has been difficult for us to express love, that we will receive grace in this season to be love beings in the common church. I'd like you to talk to God. I'd like you to talk to God. Ask him to fill you up. Fill every single part of your life, your past, your present, and your future with love. Ask him to fill every part of your heart. Ask him to help you get rid of malice. For someone, you need to make a commitment this morning in God's presence and say, I haven't spoken to Folake for the last five months or six months. There's this gentleman in the office who I blank totally because of what he does. But Father, I refuse to block my own capacity and progress in love. Our Father, fill me with love. Reduce me to love. Cause everything, everything that has to do with me, everything that has to do with me to radiate your love. Let me not use my temperament or my pain, the things I have been through as an excuse anymore. Father, I present myself to you as a living sacrifice. I declare, let the mind of Christ dwell richly in me. Let it be established in the way that I think. Come on, church. Come on, church. Ask God, Lord, use me as a, as a love agent. Let me live a lover's life. In the name of our Lord Jesus. Come on, church. Lord, show me how to take the risks. Show me where to, 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 to pitch my next love project. Show me who to approach. Show me where to cross the road. Someone saying that, Lord, this load that I'm carrying in my heart of unforgiveness, is heavy. Lord, would you carry with me? Would you carry with me? Someone says, Father, teach me how to embrace my father. Thank you for listening to a message from the LifePoint Church. To download more free messages, please visit www.soundcloud.com forward slash LifePointNG.